your Cornish, Cornish Soccer, Soccer Podcast. This week's guest to the Cornish Soccer Friday Fix is Kelvin Hunkin, who, who at the start of the season was part of the coaching staff at St Austell, but uh, now I suspect is enjoying being a spectator. Welcome, Kelvin. Thank you very much. Um, lots of games going on at the moment in the Peninsula League. Um, I believe you watched the St Austell Parkway encounter on Tuesday. Fortunes have gone different routes for each of the two clubs, haven't they, over the last couple of seasons? Um, yeah, to be fair, Parkway have really invested in, in uh, some good good players and um, they fully deserve to win the league this season and they got the promotion on uh, Tuesday night. Um, they were lucky though. I mean, Snorstall put in a really good performance on Tuesday night. Very competitive. Um, you know, they've, Snorstall, uh, from the start of the season, have uh, changed um, several players and started to give some youngsters a chance. and. Um, they were very competitive, worked really hard, and actually, when Parkway eventually took the lead, it was against the run of play, and Sunstall were dominating at the time. So um, Chris Knight's done well there, um, and he, you know, deserves credit for pulling it together after what was a, you know, very very difficult start for them. You know, it didn't start well uh, because of a lot of different circumstances, but uh, and Sunstall will be disappointed that they've not got anything this season because it's a it's a big club and it should be winning trophies. Um, but you know, chance to start again next season. But I think Parkway are likely to be um, on the way through a few leagues. You know, they seem to have the resources to invest. So yeah, good luck to them. How good do you think Parkway are? Um, I mean, I certainly think they're they're good enough to go through the the next one, even with the side they've got now. Um, the Western League, there are one or two good sides in there but certainly I don't believe that league's any better than the South West Peninsula League and I think probably VARs and FA Cup fixtures reflect that that actually you know as, you know the Peninsula League does really well against that sort of opposition mm. um, so I think they'll go through the next one after that I'm sure it'll depend on how long the uh, or deep the pockets are I mean we have this thing about should Bobman have gone up should St Austin have gone up um, is it all down to cost you think that clubs from Cornwall haven't bothered or, or is there more to it? I mean costs are, are one thing um, I mean I, I you know I don't think necessarily that the Western League for example um, give any any more in terms of expenses than the Peninsula League does in fact I'm sure some Peninsula League less does. isn't it? Yeah, yeah but they're based that much closer you know it's, it's just a long way from Bodmin to Bristol isn't it mm. yeah, where there's a lot of clubs based you know it's a it's a big commitment from players and and you know it takes a lot for them to think right okay I'm going to sacrifice every every Saturday and then try and do it midweek sometimes it's just <laughs> not easy from down down mm. here so I understand why teams haven't and then even some of the Parkway um, committee were saying that they think they might lose a player or two because they won't want to commit to that additional travelling and let's mm. face it you know when you're in Plymouth you're you're already a lot closer to it than uh, yeah, than we are down here it'll be interesting because some of those players have obviously done it already and come back to yeah. Peninsula um, I wonder how many will be comfortable doing it again but time yeah, will tell uh, yeah time will tell and you know and I suppose at least and if they're Plymouth based half your games are, are, are there whereas if for many of them if they were already gone up to Tiverton you know for a home game or whatever yeah. they were taking sort of, you know, an hour, hour and a half to before they even started a home game as well. Yeah, true. So, difficult question to answer this next one, but what's been the best match so far, do you reckon, you've seen this season? Uh, it is difficult, actually. But I tell you, <laughs> the one I've really enjoyed in the last few weeks 
was Tavistock and Sunnorstall actually, um, because again, Sunnorstall had a really, really inexperienced side out, and they started brilliantly and went two up, and um, Tavistock, with not a lot of time left, managed to pull pull it back to three two, and I don't know, it was just exciting. It ebbed and flowed. You didn't, you, you were Sunnorstall going to hang on, uh, and Tavi didn't look as free flowing as as they have been, but. They, they battled away really, really well. And actually, you know, like all good sides, Parkway the other night, Tavistock on that night, they ground out a result even when they didn't play very well. But it was ex- it was exciting. And I, it's such a shame too, because again, those youngsters have battled so hard, yet in the end, hmm. at the end, you look at the league table, you haven't got any more points for it. Hmm. But, uh, I mean, you were, uh, I don't know what your official role was, title was, at the uh, start of the season, coach. Coach, I, I suppose, yes, yeah, yeah. Better than nothing. Um, <laughs> um, what was the issue as such in the sense that you guys, you, Jason and and Nanx uh, uh, were out and then you were brought back in? I mean, it must have been a bit awkward for everyone, I would have thought. Well, it, it was. It wasn't, yeah, in hindsight, we shouldn't have, we shouldn't have come back. Um, I mean, at the end of last season... You know, we felt that they were already looking to 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 replace us, and decided we weren't. So you knew that anyway. Didn't well, we, yeah, we, we, we yeah, <laughs> I mean, you, know, you know, nothing kept quiet very much in a in a, in a, in a club. Um, but then when the replacement didn't happen, um, actually, we felt a little sort of guilty, and actually didn't want the club to be left in the lurch. Um, so we came back, and that probably wasn't the best um, reason for going back. Mm. You know, I mean, I think Jace. Um, was looking forward to really just being a, a, a player again or maybe assisting rather than, than mm. leading. Yeah. Um, Nanks had business commitments and um, it perhaps wasn't set up there. And as often with committees, um, there's different opinions. You know, some are with you and, and some, are, some are against. And I think we all, all felt in the end, you know, if we're not all singing from the, the same you know, hymn book, so yeah. to speak, then let's... Uh, let somebody else have a go. Yeah, and, and I'm great. I mean, Chris has stepped in, uh, and I think he's done a really good job of stabilising the ship. Mm. Can you see him being there next season? Um, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, as always, and there's, there's lots of rumours, aren't there? Yeah. <laughs> there's lots of rumours to go around, and I and I and I don't know whether Chris himself wants to uh, yeah. to do it. I'm not sure he was. He, I think, a little bit like us, saw the sh- uh, the club in a, not a very good position and wanted to go and help out. Um, whether he feels now that you know he's done his bit and maybe somebody else wants to do it, I'm, you know, I'm not sure, but he's done really well. I guess the, the main thing is if they are going to try and get someone else, they need to be doing it now almost, don't they? Absolutely, um, because again, last season it changed, and I think if I'm honest, we rushed some of our player recruitment in in the preseason, um, signed some good players, none of whom were still there, um, <laughs> but. We sign good players, but whether we sign the right players, that's the, that's the mm. thing for what what's needed. But sometimes you think, oh, we've got we've got to get some players in to make squad stronger, and mm. somebody needs time to think about where what do we want to keep, where 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 are the holes we need to fill, and have the time to go and come and chase it. Yeah, interesting stuff. I mean, and I mean, being a manager these days isn't easy, is it? By the sounds of it. And, oh, it's it's. You're, you're nobody's friend, basically. I mean, <laughs> uh, the committee always expect, expect more, and, and 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 you know, supporters are demanding. Cause, I mean, let's say pay their money. They come in, they want to uh, express their views, yeah. um, and players are, I don't know. Sometimes um, 
not as loyal as you would hope they would be. You know, I mean, things things do appear to have, have changed. You know, the 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 the, the one club man seems to have doesn't happen quite as often as it used to in in, in mm. our day, shall we say? I mean, everyone, and plus that this season we've had the added problem of postponements. So the weather has been horrendous, and some weeks there's been no games at all. Um, you've been in, involved in football for quite a long time. Um, <laughs> Have you ever experienced a season like it? Uh, not that I can recall. No, not not at all. And to to have so many clubs um, at the end of the season needing to play so many games, yeah. there's been there's always been a season where if somebody's got a, a duff ground and you know they they struggle to, to fulfil all their fixtures and whatever and they. But it's almost every club now. I mean, I looked at it the other day on um, on on Twitter. I think somebody had posted Callington's running, whatever it was, eleven games in I don't know twenty days or something silly. Mm-hmm. And I mean. Players are going to get bored. Players are going to get injured. Um, it, it just makes a, a bit of a mockery of, of of the end of the season results, really. Mm. Uh, man, how many how many months did Salt Ash go without playing, for example? Uh, yeah, two or three yeah, almost. Yeah. I mean, I think, and also to some extent, it's taken the the uh, style of the way Parkway have, have won the league away, isn't it? Because we no one's talking about you know who's winning the league. Everyone's talking about all these games got to yeah, get in. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, it is a shame. Yeah, it does. Uh, Remove the focus from what should be there. Let's talk about being a manager, you know, a bit more these days. I mean, first of all, how long is it since you were the number one at a club? A good while now. Um, I mean, I think the last time that I actually did, ah, to be honest, I, I went in back to Newquay very briefly, but unfortunately um, had a family bereavement yeah. and uh, had, had to, to step back from it. But Prior to that, it was over at uh, Weybridge many, many seasons ago. And since then, I've done mostly the number two role, the support role. And I've got to be honest, I prefer it. That's going to be my next question. Which do you prefer, the manager or the coach or the spectator these days? Um, I enjoy spectating because it's, it's um, you know, I can pick and choose the games and you always meet some nice people, but nothing beats being involved. Um, and But uh, I do like... The second in there because it means you're in, you are involved. I mean, I, I do always like taking training. Um, I like contributing to change your room and and, and, and on the touchline. But um, nowadays, it's such a commitment to be the number one. The, the amount of chasing you've got to do, and um, you know, you know, gone are the days when you know you could you know name a squad and tell people they were there and expect them all to turn up. Now you've got to double check on a, at the Friday, or you know, people drop out when you don't expect them to and. Mm. Um, I don't know. That's some of that, that commitment seems to have uh, have changed, or that sense of responsibility, perhaps. Um, and, and of course, it's so much easier now with a mobile phone just to text the manager and say, "Sorry, can't make it." Yeah, I believe that goes on as well. Doesn't yeah, it? exactly. And sometimes it is really last minute, uh, and that sort of sense of commitment to the team and the club, and and that with some, there's still lots that are fantastic. You know, you run through a brick wall for for you, and you can be totally reliant. They know they're going to be at training. You know, they're going to be at games, but. There are, there's an increasing number that seem to find that commitment more difficult to show. Interesting. You mentioned training there. I, I mean, I don't know what it was like at St. Austin. I mean, do you get many chances now to have training because there's so many midweek games for a start? Um, there's usually a spell um, that we you, you can get after just after the start. Um, pre-season, obviously, you get your you, you work done, and then, and then there's usually that spell after the the, the, the the sort of August September midweek ones. Mm. October, November through, um, but I mean, obviously, the, there's been more midweek nowadays because of the the catch up on the mm. fixtures. Uh, but yeah, but it, unfortunately, it's only often an hour, an hour and a half, and I think people think you can work wonders in in that that, that time. 
Yeah. And and St. Austin itself, I mean, you said there have been changes. How many of the squad do you reckon are still there that were there at the start of the season? Is it about a third have gone, do you reckon? Or? I reckon probably a third have, yeah, gone, so. have gone, yeah. So interesting. Now, let's take you back a bit. St. Dennis was one of the clubs you were manager at, and... and I think it's an understatement to probably say you were quite successful in one season in particular. Yeah. Um, can you remember what year that was? 91-92, wasn't it? Yeah. Manager Sir Dennis was it, played 34-127. Yeah, and drew seven. And drew seven. So you are unbeaten for the whole campaign. At the time, did you realise, you know, actually what an achievement it was? Not not really. And not till, I mean, it didn't really hit until right towards the very end. Um, if I'm honest, it was because we had so much going on in that that season. I mean, Colin Richards, who was a big part of the club, got killed in a car accident just in, in the January, mm. uh, and that knocked the club f- for six. And with another lad, Dave Hamley, who broke his leg in that that season, and thing. So there was lots going on, and um, it didn't. Re- you know, we just plugged out the results, and and certainly after um, uh, Colin died, the, you know, the, the the team really wanted to sort of. Make sure he won the league in his memory, mm. and um, we ground out some results we didn't really. I remember on the the last game of the season, I think we played Roach at home, uh, and th- those games were always fierce local derbies in those days, and, and they absolutely battered us. You know, <laughs> but we we hung on and got nil nil, I think. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. So we, you know, they were desperate to take the, the unbeaten record yeah. away from us, but um, we we hung on and, and and got got something out of it. But we had a really good team spirit. Um, no, no superstars. I mean, Colin was a superstar. I was going to say to you, who was the sort of top scorer and that sort of thing? Um, Gary Dyer was in the squad then, and we had Gary Dyer and Simon Buckingham, who were the two oh, sort yeah, of that yeah. tended to play mostly up top and that. But we were very solid um, defensively and got to the stage where we felt if we scored, we'd won the game. Yeah. You know, and we had Billy Davis in goal as well, and Billy was amazing as a youngster, um, and uh, well, he's still playing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and of course, he went on to manage the other unbeaten side in ninety nine two thousand. So, yeah. and and also, what we probably don't realise now is those Chana Clay sort of derbies. I, I suspect were quite special, weren't they? Oh, they yeah. were. They were brilliant times. I mean, um, they, I mean, the crowds were big, and um, particularly if you played midweek when you, you you were the one that's on. You know, going to Nam PM with Terry Richards and sort of stuff, and everybody around looking at that bowl and. Go up to, to Foxhall and Keith Wetts would make your life incredibly difficult up there. And uh, I think it was Billy Billy Osborne up at, um, at Roach. Yes. They were fierce. I mean, that every village had it had its team, and at that time had a really good side, you know, as well. It was just hugely competitive, and you know, um, so when you think about it, within what four miles you've had you had four top sides all vying for the top top place in that league, and so you know you had well at least six. Yeah. Intense local derbies, actually. Incredible. Now, Foxhill aren't in the East Cornwall League. Uh, Nampian aren't, haven't even got a team. No. That's, <laughs> it's so sad, really. Um, I see that uh, Lee Wetz has uh, yeah. taken on the challenge up there. Well, good on him. You know, if he can do anywhere half as good as his dad did, then uh, he'll get him back up to there. And St. Dennis have actually shown the way because, I mean, you know, after that, that, all that success for a little period of time, they had some problems. Mm. Um, and took themselves out of the, 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 the top leagues and then fought their way back up through. Um, and, you know, they're certainly secure now in the, in the, in the West, and I, I know they like to be higher, but they're, they're doing a solid job. And, of course, it's Stephen coming up, possibly from the Dutchies, so that will add to the spice a bit. 
Absolutely, yes, yeah, certainly will. And what a you know how well has that club done as well over the last few years? I mean, their record in the Junior Cup is amazing. Yeah. Apart from they can't win it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this two days time or whatever it might be different. So uh, uh, we'll gloss over that for the moment. So let's let's quickly look at um, Saturday's matches in the Premier. Two of your former clubs playing each other, Falmouth against Newquay. And I think, actually, you've picked this one out to, to go and watch. Yeah, that's the one I want to go and see, I think. Uh, I've been, I've watched Falmouth a few times this season. I think Westy's done brilliantly down there. Um, you know, he's, again, it's not uh, a team of stars, but he's got a team that works really hard and actually plays some quite nice stuff at times. They're well organised, um, got, got a shape. Um, and Tony over at Newquay has done remarkably amazingly well. In, you know, they you know, got several points early early in the season, but he's he's moulded a, a few experienced heads and some some youngsters, and and it's lovely to see them safe and secure in the league rather than as they have been for the last couple of seasons, wondering whether they were going to going to survive. Yeah, certainly hanging in there. But uh, and Danny O'Hagan's still going strong. Danny's amazing, really, and you know whether he, whether he plays up top or whether he's and more often now at the back, you know, he's an experienced head, and um, he seems to have been relishing that that sort of that sort of challenge. And every time I've seen him play, he's been really solid. You know, he, he he's certainly deserving of his place at the moment. Mm. Going back to Falmouth, have you actually seen them play that much or not? About three, three or four times this season. They, they've done really well, haven't they? And, yeah. and you know, they got absolutely stuffed the first game of the season. I think it was against Tavistock. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone immediately wrote them off but they've proved everyone wrong haven't they oh absolutely I think I remember seeing um, again on, on um, I think probably on Twitter a little little piece of, of West even interviewed after the, the Tavistock game uh, where most of us would have hidden uh, I, mean, got, I mean just had yeah. the, the hiding they had yeah. uh, but he took it and I tell you what you know he lost a lot of players early in the season before the season started he went to Penryn and, and took several back but he recruited really well he identified obviously where he, he, it would strengthen his side, and I think he's done a he's done a great job. And I, I, I quite like watching the way in which they play as well. Mm. Elsewhere, uh, another former club of yours, Sticker. Now they're at Argyle. Um, Argyle have gone off a little bit lately, but uh, Sticker first season in the Premier, they're actually finding it a little bit more difficult than than lot of than a lot of us thought they might. They ran away with the Division One West, didn't they last? They, they did, and they had a, they had a reasonable start. They picked up a few points at the start of the season. Um, but I think they've found it um, a harder to score um, that, that, that there, and um, they were perhaps a little reliant on Jack Bowyer for for goals, and, and needed to find more goals within the side. You know, in the, you know the midfield perhaps mm. pitching in with a few, um, but also I think they had, hadn't quite anticipated um, the difference between the two leagues. And there is a definite mm. difference between the two leagues, and that you know now that they when they give away a chance it's taken by the opposition and, and they, they, they haven't had very many hidings they've mm. been close on lots of occasions but they either get themselves in the lead and can't see the game out um, or if they get behind they can't quite quite pull it back that it's I think in the end they'll have learned a lot from it this season and I would have thought uh, Avers will um, have a clear picture about what he would want to try and improve for next season and the positions that he would try and recruit for Unfortunately, you know, they're not a club with lots of financial resources, mm. so it's always going to be a challenge. Um, he probably needs to look in the Division One West and and see what's you know who's ready to take the step up, and hopefully they won't want too much money. How about Jack Bowyer? I mean, he 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 
went in the snowstorm, you know, for reasons unknown to us, he didn't make it there. Went to Newquay, didn't quite make it there or, or wasn't comfortable there, perhaps. Back to Sticker. As you said, um, is he one of those players that's a, a, a very good Division One player, a uh, striker, but perhaps in the Premier, he's, he's still got a lot to learn? Or, or Can he make it in the Premier, do you think? I mean, he's got... I know, he's probably scored more goals than you and I have ever scored. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, um, can he go better than what he is at the moment? He, his movement isn't as good as some of the top strikers. Um, he's got blistering pace, um, but unfortunately the defenders at this level are, are clever enough to mm. actually read that, anticipate that, and and deny him the you know the just the single leaving themselves one on one they don't do that yeah. whereas in the west it, it was happening a little bit he finishes well um yes he can but he's going to have to listen to a few people about how he makes his his movements so that you know he can pull take defenders where they don't want to go uh, but at the moment defenders sort of can be a bit comfortable on him when he first came on I first saw him play uh, for Truro up at uh, against Sunderland uh, and I was blown away by his work rate because he really wouldn't give the back four a minute's piece. Now that bit of his game seems to have stopped a little bit. Mm. Um, and actually, uh, you know, I think he's going to be a, again a more effective player if the moment they're out of possession, he comes back into that becoming that first defender and really hunting them down because he'll make them give it back because he's so quick and can be so tenacious. Mm. But at the moment, sometimes the, the back four, back three, whatever, they get too easy a ride. Yeah, and, and of course, it seems to be that he is comfortable playing at stickers, so presumably no chance of anyone poaching him. Um, I mean, he's, they are a lovely club at sticker, and I, and I think he is comfortable there. Um, and I, know, I think I'm you know, certain Helston um, tried partway through the season, but he, he stuck it out. Um, he's been a bit in and out towards the end of the season, so whether that will make him reconsider his, his options, you, you never know with, uh, with players. It'd be nice to think he would stay with them, and he would... You know, take on the fact that yes, he was successful in the West. If I'm going to be successful at this one, I've got to make some changes to my game and and you know see if I can become a, a player that's scoring a lot of goals in the in the top league in the area. Sword Ash against Bobman is another game tomorrow in the Premier. Yeah, that's a tough one to call, isn't it? <laughs> um, I mean, Bobman is a bit busy this week. Yeah, they are, and and very hit and miss at times, aren't they? You know, um, depending on who Gilby can get out on the on the day. Um, I mean. I've, I think Saltash are, are a really good side and actually I think if they hadn't had that sort of gap then that might have been even closer towards the top than they're mm. probably going to be at the end of it but you probably have to call it a draw I think Is Saltash the sort of team that actually until they win something we're all going to think well they're very good but actually you know no better than anyone else you know it's a bit like yeah, spirits, yeah. Isn't it? The... Um, yeah I'm, 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 there's a lot of patient energy about the side I think they're well organised well well coached um, but you're right in the end it's what you actually win that counts at the end of it mm. so yeah and of course Bodmin no big question is Gilby going to be there next season well I'm hearing yes <laughs> <laughs> again the old I'm asking you all these questions you weren't <laughs> expecting so this is great <laughs> I mean the rumours are such and I think he's incredibly loyal there uh, and he's oh, what he's done there is 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 incredible. Really, is incredible. I mean, he's been he's got them up there and winning things year after year after year. And um, I think you know his his family and um, and things are involved behind the scenes. And you know that to be honest, I'm, if he did go, 
that club's going to find a mm. chasm, not just a hole, mm. uh, to fill. I mean, that's, yeah, that's very true. Actually, we're all wondering whether he might be there, but I wouldn't like to be the guy who comes in to replace him. And as you say, it's going to be very difficult as well. So, um, okay, well, let's very briefly look at Division One West. Um, now, this is a division that's really interesting me. I know probably. You haven't seen quite so many uh, games in, in this division, but um, I mean, there's a couple of games tomorrow. Uh, Liscard, Port Levin, I shall all be well be at. And the leadership seems to be changing. You know, mm. every game, someone has a, you know, it's got to the stage of the season where I think everyone's a little bit almost nervous and they're not quite sure how to, how to approach a match. I mean, have you seen many of the top teams this season? Uh, I did. I've seen Port Levin a couple of times um, and I, I, I'm really pleased for Alan that he's, um, you know, taking what we know as a big club um, right back up there and giving them a chance of to, of maybe getting getting there. He's done really really well. I like the way they play the football. I think they they um, they're, they're an attractive side there. I haven't seen this guard this, this season, but I'm not surprised because I did see them several times last, and I thought there was a lot of potential there. And again, you know, on their day, they were really really good mm. to watch. But on, then on another day, they seemed to just Lose to somebody who completely, you know, yeah. wouldn't expect to take points off them. And of course, then we got uh, Maisel. Now they've probably been in the news for the wrong reasons this mm. week with the, with the departure of Kevin Richards, the manager. Bit of a strange one, that. I don't get it. I really don't get it <laughs> at all. I'm not sure what the man could have done uh, any better. I mean, it, they they really struggled at the start of the season and didn't get many points at all. He came in and um, it all seems to stabilise and. And the points started appearing on the board. Um, he's he's taken them to you know um, near the you know if not two trophies at the end of, you know the competitions that they're they shouldn't have any right to be in mm. you know semi-finals and finals of. Um, I think he's done a brilliant job, and I have no idea why you would do it at this point in the season. You know, if at the end of the season you wanted to reflect on it and. I still couldn't see a reason for changing it, but I mean, if there was, but why do it with? Four or five games to go. We don't get it. Yeah, no doubt we'll we'll hear more as uh, <laughs> time goes on. But I would say that I, I don't know. Have you seen Mosel play or not this season? Because I haven't. No. They are a very quick-thinking footballing side, and you know what has happened down there. I think we're all a bit unsure what is happening with the whole setup. But certainly the players they've brought in are, are class players. So I I think they're still going to have a say in the title. Um, let's go to Ludford before Millbrook. Um, Ludford come up from the combination mm-hmm. last season. We all expected them to, you know, have a season of you know. Let's just you know stick our feet in the water and see what happens. But they've done an amazing. Yeah, well. they have, they have done a bit. And to you know, as you say, to, to step out of one league and then really become a, a force in 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 the, in the you know the league above. Um, but they seem to be hitting a spell where they're being a bit hit or miss. You know, one time they're, they're getting a great result, and then the game after they're they're not. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna get in those top positions, you've got to get that run together. You've got to get not just back to back. You've got to get three or four on the trot, haven't you, to, before you drop some points. So that leaves Millbrook. Everyone seems to say they're the team to look out for. Well, I mean, they've certainly got the games in hand, and they can certainly really, if they can get that run, those back to back games, they can influence things. They're at St Dennis tomorrow, which won't be easy for them because uh, St Dennis at home are always a you know a handful and. Um, you know the, the the spirit of that that side. They always make it competitive on their their home territory. Those who come to watch won't let them give anything but a hundred percent. 
I'm absolutely delighted that Millbrook have got themselves back into a position where they they may be on the edges of you know getting back into the top league because you know they fell a long way and you know whatever happened around the club and the stand and the clubhouse and all those things people behind the scenes have obviously done an amazing number of things to give them a a platform and an infrastructure that they can put aside together and and move back up so you know that's proper local football and people mm. have rallied around and it seems to have hopefully paid dividends for them. and then this morning you're probably not aware of it but Lugan have actually pulled out their game tomorrow at Plimstock um, well that's a sad state of affairs really isn't it the senior side you know can't raise enough players that is particularly when they've got three teams and mm. you know, they, they can't put a side out to lots fulfill. of injuries uh, apparently they had six third teamers playing last week uh, just too many games. Yeah, there are a lot of games, but I'm 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 sorry when you've got three sides and they must all have more than the bare eleven players. You you must be able to find something that can go out there. And I just it, it's it's senior football for goodness sake, you know. And people should be taking a pride in in that. And and you know the standard is, is such that you know you should fulfil your fixtures. So you you owe that to the people who have sponsored your team, the, the people who work hard and get your ground ready and your pitch ready and painting your changing rooms and all those things behind the scenes. They deserve a football team to, to look at and watch. Mm. And, you know, we go back a long way to Elugin and, you know, I've got fond memories of being down there and they're, I hope they're not in a position where they're going to, you know, fall away and become something they shouldn't be because they've got quite a history. Yeah. And as you say, we're both former players of Elugin. Mm. Is there any club you haven't been connected with? <laughs> uh, there must be somewhere. <laughs> so, that's pretty much it then, really, Kelvin. Uh, Got to ask you one final question. Stadium for Cornwall. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I was pleased that the um, um, council gave the money to to ensure well not to ensure because they sort of get some more money uh, but to give it a chance of going through uh, I mean we shouldn't be a backwater we, we you know why not have a, a facility if it's used appropriately for the community so that you know the county schools finals can go there the county youth sort of can do that they can have their maybe their coaching sessions there become a centre of excellence and all those sorts of things then it should be developmental and you know and used for other things like you know concerts and bits and some bobs like that but yeah, why not? Every other county seems to have a, a major facility and, and we haven't. Do you ever go to watch Truro play these days or not? Um, I, I haven't seen them this season. Um, I've, I've tended to go through the others. I, th- I'm deal- I like Lee Hodge a lot. Uh, Lee Hodge, and he's done really well down, down there this season. Um, I was a bit worried for him last season. You know, to, to, <laughs> yeah. uh, but it seems that you know, they've stuck with him. I think he's, he, he's, done, he's, a, he's a really genuine bloke. Um, and if... You know, if he can help get them in the playoffs, and you know they can bring Torquay down to what play at, at uh, you know mm. at the new stadium in the future, then it can only be good for Cornish Cornish football if if our local players maybe have a uh, a stepping stone to go towards. We get forgotten down here. Pro clubs don't look our way often enough. And, and you you mentioned Lee Hodges. I mean, it's marvelous how last season he had one foot hanging out the door, almost uh, about to be sacked. We all thought. But, you know, he's turned it right around. And, and that's the, I guess that's what all you former managers uh, strive to do, isn't it? One season, if you're struggling a little bit. You... I, I don't think you can judge anybody until you at least, they've at least had three seasons. Mm. I mean, I think, you know, um, by the third season, you should be starting to see, 
the fruit of your labour, so to speak. But they need sometimes time to bring their own players in and get over a, you know their own philosophy and their own ideas and and then to, to develop that and then fine tune it. I think you need you do need three seasons. Um, and I think he's had a few different people assisting him. Mm-hmm. Down there. So maybe he's now he got the right one alongside. I think that's 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 also often under underrated. You know, I mean, I when I did Newquay, I didn't have an assistant there. Then I just did, did it on my own. And then when I went, I've been back to Newquay a couple of times as assistant to, to, to different people. Um, and I think it's good to have that sort of sounding board. And I think managers sometimes need to freshen up the number two, not always keep the... Yeah, Trevor Newton was brilliant at that. He, he mm. had some real quality number twos over his his time, and you know while he brings his own skills to it, there will be the, the voice and the sort of the message just gets refreshed. Alex Ferguson did it, didn't he? Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah so, that's yeah, true. He did. Yeah. You know, he, he was the the, the the stable bit, yeah. but alongside him, he, he kept yeah. freshening things up. So, and I think you know that's that's important sometimes. Uh, who's been the best manager that you've worked under? Best manager I've worked under. Um, well, of course, they've all had they've all had their own um, their own strengths. Really, um, I've, I've I've been really really lucky to work with some some very talented, usually much younger <laughs> <laughs> people uh, uh, um, than me. And you know, I mean, Gary Penhaligon was um, a really um, good motivator. Really developed a team spirit. Uh, Organised things. Could could spot players. You know, he could, he could spot the player that would make the squad squad stronger. Um, Glenn Hooper, fantastic coach. I mean, you know, spots things that that need changing really, really, really quickly. Um, Nanks and, uh, and and Jason both like to play a sort of a free flowing sort of game of game game of football. They, they, you know, married with my sort of ideas of trying to pass the ball and move it quickly and and things. I did some time with Conrad Robbins as well. Con, Conrad was very very thoughtful about the game and again things that he would uh, bring you know, sort of culture. Phil Dingle, Avers over at Sticker again. You know, like their philosophies, like the way they want they want to do it, and they want to make people enjoy not just playing but training as well. And one for the future, I keep hearing Gary Wilden. Gary, um, Gary played for me at St Dennis for, uh, for, for a while, and um, he's got all the the hallmarks of somebody who could go well. He, I mean, he's got a great philosophy for the game. He really values work um, because he was a hard worker mm-hmm. himself he carries himself well he presents himself well he's a good communicator um, he's done really well um, below the senior leagues through Varian remarkable what he did there he's got a taste of it now in the Southwest Peninsula League so whether he'll stay with Sticker or whether I'm sure he'll have opportunities to go elsewhere next season final final question England in the World Cup any chance or not? I don't think of winning it, no, but I'd be just delighted to see us get to a group game and win one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thanks very much, Kevin. Great stuff. You've answered loads of questions that you weren't expecting and, uh, and uh, uh, well, enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks very much. And you? Your Cornish, 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 Cornish. Cornish.